1: as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with you, and I have fellow original dignitary in the FDH Lounge, Chris Galloway, here. This is part three of our NFL 2020 preview going division by division. We are looking right here at the AFC South, and I will refer everyone back at the beginning of part one, where we did the AFC East, roughly about the first 10 minutes or so. We looked at the macro level issues for COVID-19 in the NFL this year, and how it's likely to affect the season. We are not going to do that on a division-by-division basis. We will look at where it affects teams. We spent a decent amount of time looking at how it affects the Cleveland Browns in Part 2 of our segment, because they appear to be one of the teams most affected by it. And uh, again, we come to the AFC South, which I just said off-air to you, Chris, always seems like a grab bag. I've done a number of these segments in recent years. The predominant number of segments I've done in recent years has been with you on uh, looking at division-by-division, and the AFC South... Coming in, this is one of the divisions in football where a lot of people squint and look at it and see different things. It's sort of like looking at clouds, and I think it's very likely you and I may see this uh, differently. We saw the first two divisions, the East and the North, almost exactly the same way. But the AFC South, there never seems to be chalk, and I think this year is no different. Uh,
1: No different, and it sounds like we're going to disagree a little bit on this. Our our worldviews tend to align more than they don't. The um, interesting you say of the grab bag, but the, the reality of this grab bag... Back-
0: Yeah. You know, they're not. not. Is possible for any of the three to win it, although I'm, I'm certainly more down on one of the three than the other two. Let's let's just this goes against custom here, but let's just get Jacksonville out of the way. They're the clear division uh, basement team in our estimation. I got them at two and fourteen. They're clearly tanking, trying to get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and so again, I just don't see where it's even worth even talking about with them. The irony is, and I've joked about this before on the show, Tony Khan. Okay, as the executive producer for AEW Wrestling on Wednesday nights on TNT, Tony Khan chef's kiss as a booker okay i love watching aew it's a great show chris jericho has never been more entertaining john moxley on and on and on but uh, maybe that's what the con family should stick to vis-a-vis uh sports slash sports entertainment as opposed to the ownership of the jaguars because uh it is just uh it is just ass right now basically there's nothing else to say about it they're not trying for this year so why should we spend any time on them i guess i'll I'll do you know what, what do you have to say about it chris
1: well, they're not going to be very good and I, I have to miss I have to miss uh three and thirteen. And um, you know, Minshew was a guy I actually liked coming out of college, but I wanted the Browns to get late in the draft to back up Baker Mason. Um I, I don't I think they're gonna roll another year with him and see what they've got, you know, give him the reins fully and just say, Oh, yeah, I don't think he's a great future starting quarterback, but he's gonna be one of those guys that's gonna be a very good backup slash you know starter from time to time he's he's very I think he's going to have a very Fitzpatrick like career um and uh uh, I think I mean look they just traded last night Gokwe right just traded
0: Yeah, life comes at you fast. And uh, again, for the for the Jaguars, uh, again, they are still at uh, an early stage, sadly enough, even as bad as they've been at the early stage of what their rebuild is going to be. And rebuild is, uh, I guess, optimistic. That's if you think they can pull it off. And time will well, tell. There's not
1: a, and there's not a team that's going to be more accustomed to playing in front of an empty stadium. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> a, right. a distant stadium than the Jaguars. I mean, maybe other than like
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> in front of the Chargers had to play every game in front
1: of the buzzing fan last year. Um so yeah, there's no team better accustomed to to, to
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, the most entertaining thing that's happened in that stadium the last couple of years was the stadium stampede match on the AEW pay-per-view back in January, where, among other things, somebody got tossed into the pool there. Uh, but uh, that is, by, by the way, and for what it's worth, Daly's Place, the, the amphitheater that is adjoining there, which they've been doing all the filming from, that has become one of my favorite all-time places to watch uh, wrestling at. That is a, an amazing venue for being able to watch Stuff, but that, that's the only good thing I can say about Jacksonville and the Con family these days is what they're doing with the pro drafts because the pro football part of it sucks. Uh, moving from there, I'm gonna I'm gonna move up to what I'd say is the next team in the division. I got them at six and ten. I hear everything you're saying about what Houston's been able to do the last couple of years, uh, and again Deshaun Watson carrying them there. Uh, to quote uh, one of the great figures in 21st century. Entertainment. Uh, of course, that would be Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. A so A so on that one. Uh, I wanted Deshaun Watson for the Browns. Again, I ain't mad. They got Baker Mayfield, and maybe that'll still work out. But Deshaun Watson's a guy that I desperately wanted and that I was mad, 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 mad that the Browns passed on. When I was hearing crap from some of my friends like hand size, and miles per hour, I'd never even heard of the radar gun being used. And some of my smart mark friends started quoting that kind of crap at me instead of just watching the film of what this guy did at Clemson. Deshaun Watson can do magic, but you got to have players around you to work with. And I think this is where it catches up for good old B.O.B., B., Bill O'Brien, who I've said previously, don't like him as a coach. I mean, as a GM, he's one of the all-time worst, uh, and, and he's basically wearing that hat as well. J.J. Watt, when healthy, uh, can can be a real force on that defense. But when healthy is is the key part of it here. I, I'm I'm gonna maybe some people would consider this going out on a limb, uh, and this is more of going out on a limb than any of the picks I've made thus far. But this is the year that it crumbles for the Texans. I got them six and ten.
1: Um, I don't have them in third place in the division. I actually have them still winning the division. Um, but it's not like I'm sitting here hanging my hat and I'm going, they're going to be great. Um, I have them winning the tie break of them, the Colts, and Tennessee all at 8-8. I I think that they are... These three teams are so similar. They all have big holes, um, but the Texans still have Watson. They still have a guy that can win you games Another, you know, O'Brien is one of these people that's benefiting from having. Right.
0: Closest that I've seen to anybody replicating my gimmick. I think it was 2017 when I picked all four teams in the NFC East at eight and eight, and I picked Philly to win the division on a tiebreaker. So the year they won the Super Bowl, I picked them to win the division, albeit at eight and eight. <laughs> but uh, so you're you're coming close to that right here.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I was in Jacksonville. I just I just I look at the Texans, Colts, and Tennessee. It's all very similar. Strength on their rosters, weaknesses on their rosters, question marks. I just, uh, all three of them, I go, it's harder to differentiate, and when I can't, I'm just like, I'm just tossing the, uh, the, the, the eight and eight dice on the table and going, all right, there we go, and one of them's going to win a tie-break, I'll go Texas for five out of six
0: years. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I got Tennessee next up in there at nine and seven, and taking a wild card, and uh, essentially, uh, I guess you would say, having a season much like what they did a year ago. There are people who are looking for more out of them than what they did a year ago, but it remains to be uh, sustainable, or to be seen if it's sustainable for Ryan Tannehill. There, as a longtime Fish fan, maybe he's figured it out, but you could you could forgive me for being a little bit skeptical in that regard. But uh, and again. Derrick Henry getting the contract that he got. Is that a little bit... I don't think it's quite the Albert Pujols contract, but uh, Derrick Henry's got a decent amount of miles on him in just a couple of seasons here. So I don't think that catches up to him yet in 2020. I think he is still going to be a strong and relatively dominant running back here. And this is a team that, unlike Houston, I don't think they have a lot of holes. Houston is a team that strikes me. I mean, Clowney used to be there, Hopkins... They were always a team that was a little bit top-heavy in terms of star talent, but I think now what they are is Miami before the rebuild, Detroit before they completely went in the crapper. Uh, We used to talk about this. When Kyle Ross and I were doing the previews years ago, we talk about teams with the stars and scrubs rosters, and I think that's what Houston is getting towards. They have a handful of star talent guys and a lot of scrubs at other positions. The thing about Tennessee is they're just more sort of consistent across the board. But, I mean, it's so weird. Going back to, like, the Jeff Fisher era, I mean, that's one of the most consistent identities in the NFL, I don't think. I don't think Tennessee's ever had – they have some players. Uh, they've had some over the years that have been among the best in the league. But they, they tend to have more of a consistent roster than most teams do. And I see that being the case again this year.
1: Yeah, I think consistent is, is, is definitely a situation with them. The consistent coaching. They both have done a nice job. Um I just don't, I I don't believe in Tannehill. Uh, I I saw a guy who did a nice job of scheming around him. He was not asked to carry that team last year. And now it's all on his shoulders to be the guy that everybody, you know, minded me thought he was going to be. And I just, I don't have any faith in that at this point. I don't, he hasn't shown me anything even last year that says, yeah, this is the guy. Like he, They've turned it around. They've got a the quarterback in the future, and this is—you know—he's going to carry this team to, to victory. And this is still a quarterback league, and that's why, despite the fact that overall their roster is better than the Texans, uh, certainly their run game—they have lost some guys. You know, uh, you know, losing uh, Logan Ryan and and, uh, and losing Jack Conklin, and you know, some others that they've shipped off in the offseason to to work. For salary cap issues, they, I, they, they've, they've lost some players that are not going to be easily replaceable, in my opinion. Um, they don't have a lot of great talent at the wide receiver position. The reason I got them at an eight 8-8 and eight and not like a 7-9, and nine, again, I don't believe in Cannon um, they have the second easiest schedule um, in, in the league this year. Yeah. I mean, a team that went to the AFC Championship has the second easiest schedule Again, based on their opponent's 2019 record, um, that to me gets them, again, 8-80 competitive, competing for a wild card. They're in it to the end. It's, it's, it's classic Titans, Oilers, right? 8-8. 8-8. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, they're going to win some games, like, you know, over Baltimore where you go, whoa, and then they're going to lose somewhere you go, how did they just lose to
1: Jacksonville? Right. Um, you know, one of Jacksonville.
0: has been a city in america over the last 20 years uh more so than nashville that's had sports radio talk in december like this is what we got to do to make the playoffs and i think that's what it's going to be again in december is looking at that and i think like they have a lot of those seasons i think they will just kind of sneak in and make it as they kind of did last year thus setting up the uh, mammoth upset over baltimore so again uh You know, once you get in, you have the opportunity to make things happen. We come now to my AFC South champions for 2020, which I know we disagree on. And I know from from what you had alluded to previously, your thoughts on Phillip Rivers. What I come back to is, and and again, I, I know the kind of year he had last year, and maybe I'm oversimplifying, but I will say this that my regard for Frank Reich, I think he is one of the great offensive geniuses in the game at this point. And if he thinks Philip Rivers is at this stage, even with what he still has left, is a step up from Jacoby Brissett, who am I to argue with Frank Reich? I got them at 10-6. and 6. I got them winning the division and I got them taking that uh, that step there. This has been, uh, and again, they've had great coaching defensively the last couple of years uh, as well. This is one of the great offensive lines in the game, led by Quentin Nelson. Uh, I see this as being a roster that can really take a step forward. I think Jonathan Taylor is somebody that's going to fit very well in that offense. I like what the Colts are doing. I think Phillip Rivers gives them just enough to be able to get them to win the division.
1: I love... I love where the Colts are going with their roster. I think they have the best roster. last year on a Chargers team that had a lot of talent, that was a good team, and they were I believe that they didn't go anywhere because Phillip Rivers in a quarterback league is washed up. Um, you know, Philip Rivers is not the quarterback that he was. Um, my is until he shows me something different and I'm basing it on last year on a good Chargers team, I think he's washed up. I think he's done and um, I think Hiring by the, the the cult signing him was like wishful thinking. Like, let's see if we can squeeze the last bit of juice out of, of Philip Rivers um, for, for one year and see what we can get out of him. Um, I think there's a reason he already has his job pushing the high school team next year already lined up. He's done. And um, that's why, despite having the best roster in the division, in my opinion, and a great coach in Frank Wright, I've got them at eight eight because I think Philip Rivers is going to be able to get it done for them this year, uh, despite the strengths that that team has.
0: Well, I can see that being the case. So that's the thing. I guess I just like to put it to you then. What do you think Frank Reich saw when he was breaking down film that would make him say this? This was our upgrade for Jacoby Brissett.
1: I think Frank Reich is falling into uh, veteran quarterback bias, veterans that he knows, and he knows Brissett is. Got, he has a low ceiling. He's maxed that ceiling out, and I think he's willing to this year take a shot that he can again that he can get an experienced veteran. There's no doubt that the guy's a leader. Phillip Rivers is a leader. His teammates will love him, right? right. So you're going to have a leader. You're going to have a guy with experience. Frank's going to love all that stuff. And I don't. And I think it's clear that you know beefing up the defensive side of the ball. And getting a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you know, they're not, they're going to try to not ask Philip to do too much. Um, so I just, I think that's what they're thinking. I think they looked out there and they're like, we've got to try to find something better. And they're rolling the dice that they can get one more year out of Philip Rivers and hope that last year was some sort of an aberration.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I just don't believe it. I just, what I witnessed last year was a guy falling off the cliff. Now look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he bounces back and has a great year. I just, how often do you see that at that age, where they're terrible, and then they suddenly come right back and like, wow, they he did a one eighty. Because if you get if they get the Frank Reich from last year, eight and eight going to be a stretch.
0: Yeah. Well, you know that's a thing where again, I, I just see him being able to manage the the, the roster well enough. Uh, to be able to get through it. Game manager, Phillip Rivers, I guess you would say, because of the talent on the roster, to be able to get them at that point. But it will be very, very fascinating to see how this thing plays out here. Uh, again, this division, uh, as we said, always the uh, one of the biggest grab bags in football, and this year looks no different. No
1: different. It's a bunch of middle-of-the-road competitive football teams um, that some weeks you're going to go, wow, they've got a chance, and then the next week you go, wow, what's wrong with them? Um, I think again the ro- to recap the rosters are all similar uh, in terms of, of I think they're where, you know in terms of not necessarily not where their strengths and weaknesses are matching up but I mean they're similar in terms of quality of rosters and um, you know again I'm going to lean on giving this slight edge to the Texans because your boy Deshaun Watson in a quarterback centric league
0: yeah well my boy Deshaun Watson has really proven me right through the course of uh, his career so. We'll have to see if uh, if he can uh, prove me wrong this year and not be dragged down by the muck that he is surrounded by, not least of which his own coach Bill O'Brien. But I suppose that's enough Bill O'Brien bashing for me in uh, one segment here. But uh, again, thank you, Chris.
1: Can you ha- can you ever have enough Bill O'Brien bashing? I mean i I feel like we I feel like we really went light on him. Well,
0: we we really do. You know, uh, I'll just and who better to mention this with with you? By the transitive properties of to be the man, you got to beat the man. I still feel that Bill O'Brien should take his 2012 Big Ten Coach of the Year award and give it to Frank Solich because we went into Happy Valley and beat them. That's
1: right. uh, by, 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 By those same properties, Frank Solich is a better NFL coach. Uh, than Bill O'Brien, <laughs> Frank, Frank, yeah,
0: Fra- Frank, Frank Solich with his little toe could be a, a better NFL coach than Bill O'Brien. I mean, this is not setting the bar I high. Think Bill
1: O'Brien is actually a better coach than he is a GM because he is a dreadful GM. <laughs> yeah. And the Texans are, the Texans i shame on them for for basically consolidating all power into this guy. It's like, what are you doing? He shows you again and again that he doesn't. He's not good at it, and, and the Texans have you been know, taking away his authority and adding new layers, and, you know, they just they keep doubling and tripling down on, like, hey, Bill, um, you want to be the OC? You want to be the coach? You want to be, be the GM? Bill, you know what? Why don't you be the head of ticket sales? You know yeah. what? Okay, uh, I you know, <laughs> you want to be the head, head of buildings and grounds of the training facility. I mean, honestly, it's just, it's just idiotic how much authority and power they put in the guy who's shown he cannot handle
0: it. It is, yeah. I mean, and he – the, the, Bill O'Brien's so bad as a GM, that could replace the yo-mama genre of jokes out there, you know, as far as people uh, making comparisons. So, yeah, it. Uh, so I think we're making up for lost time here at the end, uh, getting enough Bill O'Brien bashing in here to be able to make it worth it. So, now that we've hit our... Okay, quarter, now I
1: feel better about our review of this division. It should begin and end with bashing. Ryan. It should.
0: Thank you. It should. Even if we didn't have enough in the middle, we made up for it on either end. So, on, <laughs> on that note, thank you, Chris, and thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning into this mini episode. Up next, we break down the 2020 AFC NOR.